0: In the beginning, people just assume that if you're doing something with social impact or environmental impact, then They would classify you like under 300, which doesn't make any money and therefore it's not an investment.
1: Hello and welcome to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. It's too complicated to measure our impact. We don't have the resources. Nobody cares. We can't afford it. Yes, you can. And yes, you must. And in the Make an Impact podcast, Heidi Fisher explores how organisations put impact at the heart of what they do and how you can too. In today's episode I'm talking to Cecile from Impact First Investments in Israel about how she's managed to combine her passions of tech and investment to make a difference in the world and her hopes to make impact investing the norm. Could you tell me a little bit about Impact First Investments and where you set it up?
0: Sure, so Impact First Investments uh, is based in Israel And it's an investment company that focuses on technology companies that create positive social or environmental impact. Uh, It's really about creating the best of both worlds on one hand to be like a VC and invest in amazing tech companies that are profitable and are supposed to really be as successful as possible. And on the other hand, retain that energy, that talent, that ability and that entrepreneurship into creating good for the world both for the social side and the, and the environmental side.
1: Wow, So, um, what made you want to set it up?
0: So I was really very lucky to be uh, involved in the impact investing domain very early on right after the dot-com bubble burst way before it was even called impact investing and I had the opportunity to be among the pioneer funds that set it up and thought about all these things that you can now google and learn about your theory of change, what do stakeholders think, uh, how do you make sure an impact uh, uh, intention is there, uh, how do you uh, prevent a mission drift and all these things and and impact measurement of course. And in 2011 I thought that um, it was high time for me to focus on Israeli tech because I'm based in Israel and I'm very very well immersed into the Israeli uh, startup ecosystem and um, I really couldn't see how people would miss the opportunity of blending the amazing opportunities that there are here in, in Israel in terms of developing software and developing technology for pretty much everything and creating good things for the world. And uh, unfortunately, I was the only one who saw it at the time, but uh, it seemed to me like a no-brainer, like blending purpose and, and capital and tech. That just seemed so logic to me, so I just uh, set it up.
1: Wow. wow, it sounds um, really exciting and interesting. How did you get started in this area of work? So I was, um,
0: as I said before, I was engaged with the Nobel Foundation, which is a Dutch mm-hmm. uh, family foundation um, founded by Paul Ban, and was very, very um, lucky to work with, uh, with Paul and, and the team in creating uh, all, these, all this blend of, of tech innovation and thinking about society. Um, which really led me to understand the power of technology into creating uh, systemic solutions uh, that can be scaled around the world. And I thought, wow, this is uh, such a mind-boggling idea of of blending these things. Why doesn't everybody do it? And then gradually, uh, after making investments and understanding how it works and what doesn't work, mostly what doesn't work really, uh, and uh, succeeding and failing a lot, I decided that uh, uh, really making this my my life quest and goal and profession would be the best thing for me.
1: I love that it's your life quest. (laughs) (laughs) Really, a really really good way to describe it. What um, in terms of the investments that you make in in technology and um, having an impact? What what's one of the most interesting ones you've done?
0: Oh, wow. You're asking me a question like to choose between my kids.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> or maybe That's going some, to be of, tough. some of the more interesting ones, if you don't want to okay. choose one of your kids.
0: <laughs> okay, sure. So, so a little bit about just uh, uh, different types of, of investments. So, for example, we invest in a company called AngelSense. AngelSense is a company that creates a solution for families with children with autism. Um, that have a tendency to get lost, and, and just it's very, very hard to find them. And also, um, unfortunately, they're subject to abuse and neglect and all kinds of bad things that happen to them because they don't really tell, and their parents don't know what's going on with them during the day. Um, so AngelSense was founded by a team of two fathers of autistic children who understand the, pro- the, the problem very, very closely firsthand and decided to create a tracking and monitoring device that allows the parents to track the location of their child at any given moment and understand if there's any problem with the child because the system learns the child's routine. So it can alert if there's any change or anything abnormal in his behavior. And if uh, the child does get get lost, then um, it tells them, pinpoints the location where the child is indoors and outdoors. And it's a, a company that's actually the first company we invested in. Uh, It's doing very well. It has over 10,000 users um, in the U.S. so far, uh, spreading into the U.K. and Israel. Uh, And it's really changing the lives of people. And that's amazing. It it has a really solid business model. People pay for the system on one hand. But on the other hand, they also employ mothers of special needs children as customer support. They have a huge group of parents that support each other. So there's impact in many, many, many layers in that company. So that's one example. Another example is a company called GivingWay, uh, founded by a woman entrepreneur. And by the way, I'm a very strong advocate of that. And, and half of our companies are founded by women. Um, and GivingWay is a platform that connects nonprofits around the world from anywhere around the world. Uh, as long as they're grassroots organizations, legally registered, and they're not an orphanage, um, they can apply to be on the on the website, and they giving away connects them with volunteers that either want to volunteer when when they travel, so it can be half a day with the kids uh, in a family trip or a year in Tibet, um, and also volunteer online. So a lot of people have uh, on skills that they can volunteer online, but they don't have time to travel, but they would like to volunteer their skills, and and there's a lot of. Nonprofits out there that are looking for these skills, um, many of them from obscure corners of the internet that don't have the resources to get to the attention of people. So, Giving Way cuts the middleman and allows uh, direct contact between volunteers and nonprofits. And, and everything is done on the site, all payments are done on the site. You can also donate on the site, you can do other transactions. Um, again, an amazing business, very disruptive, thinking differently about a problem that society has and the misalignment of volunteers and, and nonprofits a lot of times, um, and creates amazing impact and amazing opportunities for these grassroots organizations. Um, mm-hmm. Those are just two. Uh, I can go on and on. I mean, this is, this is really, I think I have the best job in the world because all the time I, I, I just see entrepreneurs, them. they want to change the world.
1: I'm starting to feel a little bit jealous. <laughs> I need to come in and hang out in your office for a day or two, I think.
0: <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You can hang out as long as you want. I mean, you'll be infected by love. It's like, seriously, it's, it's really, it's really mind boggling to see people of all ages come in and say, okay, this is the problem we identified. These, these are the stakeholders we want to serve. This is how we're building a huge business around this. And that's the impact that we're going to try to make. And and you're there to help them, fund them, hold their hand, uh, open the right doors for them, and uh, and they do the rest. It's pretty amazing.
1: Mm, it sounds amazing. It's it's um, one of my dreams is to um make investments into um, social enterprises and things. So um, you're kind of um making me even more inspired to do it now.
0: <laughs> um, okay, I'm happy. Go ahead.
1: Um. In terms of um, the, the the years that you've been doing this work, what what would you say has been the most difficult thing you've you faced?
0: Well, so in the early years, it was about getting the message of impact investing across, which is still um, there's still a lot of it, but it's becoming more and more uh, kind of I don't know if it's a household name, but a lot of people have heard about it. Um, but in the beginning. People just assume that if you're doing something with social impact or environmental impact, then they would classify you like under 300, which doesn't make any money. And therefore, it's not an investment. So when I, in the beginning, tried to speak to investors, they would say, oh, you're talking about social impact. Speak to my wife. She's going to give you a grant from our family foundation. Um, and if you want to speak about business, she's talking to me about business. I don't care about the social impact. So, so that was at the beginning. And I think that was really hard. And frustrating for me to to see that people really didn't get it, and they didn't think that there, there was an overlap between doing just good investments and doing good for the world. that has changed, so that that challenge is uh, slowly going away. I can't say that it's a uh, really household name, but I, I do believe it's it's changing. Um, the other challenge I had is is the issue of technology, so a lot of people when they think about uh, social pains or problems or environmental problems, they don't think about technology necessarily as, as, a, as a solution. They think about um, helping other people. They think about volunteering. They think about food, about poverty. They think about um, solar uh, farms. They think about, I don't know, agriculture. They don't think about tech. And, uh, and, and tech people don't necessarily always think about the social and environmental implications that their product can have and how it can actually really address amazing problems or big problems in an amazing way. And, um, and that, that was a challenge to kind of bring these two together and, and say, hey, there's a big opportunity and it lies in tech. And if we want to address the sustainable development goals by 2030, by just using the same methodology we're doing right now we're not going to get there we need to add tech there's, there's really less than five in, percent in invested in in impact tech in the world so so that's that's a challenge people still don't see it very much they still think that tech is for tech and social is non-related so that's that's another thing
1: i definitely agree with that i, I think um tech um is very much seen out there as separate it it can be really, really beneficial to include it.
0: Of course, of course. And then we get to the, 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 the other part, it, which is really to expose it. So exposing tech solutions to the world, to the world of investors is tough because there are so many other opportunities out there. Uh, impact investors tend to focus on their impact areas. So a lot of them invest in developing countries, etc. They don't necessarily think about Israel as a target for their investments even though if they invest in Israeli tech, Israeli tech will be deployed around the world because Israel is such a small market that no Israeli company focuses the Israeli market per se. So it's always about focusing global markets. Um, But they don't see it that way. So when I bring that to their attention, they would say something like, oh, right, of course we can use Israeli tech to create better water access to people in India or better education for people in underserved communities or better healthcare for anyone. Um, but we don't invest in Israel. Why don't you come to us when the products are developed already? Which which is a problem because we really need the investors to step in uh, in the beginning. So, so the exposure of the opportunity is still a challenge, which I find uh, strange because I think it's pretty well known in the world that Israel is a hub for tech development. It's branded as a startup nation. People know that it's number two after Silicon Valley in in, uh, bringing companies to the markets uh, per capita, but still the impact investors have not caught on. So so my quest right now is to get as much exposure as possible to say, hey, we're sitting on this pile of amazing companies that really can make a difference in our lives uh, and are profitable and, and amazing companies. Come on and take a look. So that's that's the challenge right now.
1: Wow, that sounds like a big challenge. But I'm sure you will um, get over that one, like you have the others. Uh, I it? hope so. You mentioned there uh, around impact, and you talked about the the um, organisations that you're investing in and the the various types of impact that they have. How easy is it for you then to capture the impact that you're having as an organization when you're investing in so many different things? So we
0: developed uh, a few methodologies. Number one, because we can't be experts in everything, we're very lucky to be surrounded with uh, what we call the Impact First Ambassadors, which are people that are Um, many of them successful entrepreneurs that have succeeded in the past or people from the investment area or from other walks of life who want to be engaged in impact investing, they volunteer with us and they give us access to their knowledge, which is very diverse and in different domains, which we might not have the expertise in. And they can also volunteer to sit on the boards of the companies on our behalf. So so that's very helpful. Um, But alongside with that, we have a methodology um, from the very beginning when we start working Or reviewing a company and we think that we might want to invest in it, uh, of taking the company through a process of uh, due diligence, which is both business and social um, or or, uh, SDG related uh, in parallel uh, with a clear recognition of their theory of change and recognizing uh, their stakeholders and making an assessment of the impact that they're going to have, which we present to our investment committee. And then after we make the investment, we actually developed uh, a methodology to do an impact um, measurement. We call it the impact tech compass. And what it is, it relies on the existing methodologies of impact measurement, like like what Bridges does and the impact and, and Iris and all those, and doesn't use the components which are not relevant for mostly software companies, but adds other components which are necessary for tech companies. And we use that in order to look at the net impact. So we're looking at the intention we're looking at the actual activities of the companies. We're looking at the risks. We're assessing the, the risks that are associated with it. We're um, looking at uh, the negative or potential negative impact if it's there and, and deducting it. We're looking at the additionality. We're also looking at ESG and eventually we're also calculating the SROI. So, so we are very methodolo- methodological about uh, the way that we approach impact investing. This, we see this as a real profession and not something of a feel good factor. Um, And we take this very seriously. So we'll only invest in companies that we think have a high and measurable impact, that agree to go through the process and and believe in it and think that it adds value to their business and eventually uh, connect with the right professionals that will also be domain experts.
1: It's um, refreshing to hear you you say how how detailed you do your impact measurement Because it's obviously something that I would do all the time with organizations. So to hear you talking in that level of detail about how you do it and and how the organization has to see the benefits of it is really refreshing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I I think a lot of organizations are um, potentially have a really big potential to be impactful, and sometimes they just don't know it. Um, In a way, I divide the world into impact natives and impact migrants. I know it's a new term, but I like to use it. Um, so to me, impact natives are, are people, entrepreneurs, investors, anyone who feels the need to do something with, that has a purpose, that has an impact. And then if it's an entrepreneur, he'll build or she will build a, a company that is around an impact theme that, that they recognize and, and all of it will be a, a, about that. Obviously, they will need some professional help in verbalizing it positioning it, understanding what it is and measuring and all that. But they're totally there. The problem is that they are the minority of the, of the market. The majority of the market are a lot of other people who are either investors or working corporates or, or corporates or existing startups or big startups even that were already funded by VCs even um, that are within the, the SDGs. So they could be serving an SDG but they either don't know it or they know it, but they don't know what to do about it or they don't know how to put this into practice with their business or or maybe they're afraid to mention it because somebody might um, be suspicious that they are not going to make as much money because they're uh, looking at, at the social issue. And with them, I'd like to work on, on migrating their thoughts. So, so seeing if there is an intention of the founders to really do um, have an impact with their product, which many times there is, they're just not talking about it. Help them verbalize it and go through the whole process of this measurement that I just described in order to bring them into the impact space, and then they can have a lot of benefits by doing that by you know making clear that this is their mission, which brings the best talent that makes people stay in in, in office um, obviously creates brand uh, loyalty with with their customers and and also unlocks social capital that they weren't eligible for before so I think all in all, these are real, you know, benefits that you can monetize also. And and it makes sense for them to do that. So so I'm very much about migrating as many companies which are already potentially impactful into the impact space, including the measurement. And I think that will really, like, make a huge shift in the market. So um,
1: other than um, turning all businesses into impact-based businesses, have you got any other plans for the future? Well... Um, other than uh,
0: mainstreaming impact investing and making the word impact investing obsolete. (laughs) So I really think that any investment should be an impact investing. It's, you know, any company should be an impact company. We should just reconnect with what we care about and do everything we do, whether we are founders or investors or, People working in corporates or uh, you know anything we do should we should be conscious of the impact that we have on society and on on the environment the planet we live in so if we align those thoughts and those feelings with what we do in our business life I think that should work so so I'm working strongly to advocate for people to take responsibility over their lives and see how that connects with their values and you know just understand what their values are and I'm happy to say that most people really connect with these values and think that, that it belongs to them and they should own it. So, so I'm really trying to advocate uh, for them to apply it in, in anything they do. Um, I'm a very strong advocate for, for uh, women, women entrepreneurship, women founders, women investors. I think there aren't enough women, uh, certainly not in tech, and and in investment, uh, investing in tech. And I think that needs to change. So I'm doing uh, a lot in that and and trying to have a balanced portfolio and show that actually it can be done. Um, And generally, I think that by migrating uh, mainstream investors and mainstream VCs into, into looking at impact as a mindset and applying that into their daily lives, we'll gradually just have that into the mainstream. And then... And then we won't have to talk about impact. We'll move, you know, to the next quest.
1: Where can people find out more about your work? Is there a website address they can go to?
0: Sure. So uh, our website is www.impactfirst. That's I-M-P-A-C-T with the digit one com. that's impactfirst.com. Uh, I'm also on social media uh, of, of all kinds. Um, I try to write once in a while and share my thoughts um, and participate in things that are. Uh, as mainstream as possible. So I try to stay away from like pure um, impact uh, organizations in terms of uh, speaking to the choir. I really want to try to speak to mainstream investors, mainstream entrepreneurs, just anybody who hasn't thought about social impact at all or maybe thought about it um, in terms of charity or philanthropy. And uh, put them in touch with, uh, with what we do because that's uh, where the difference will be made. Um, so, I, so, this is what I'm trying to do um, all the time. People can very easily access me through, through the website. I try to respond uh, very quickly. Um, you know, I have an invested uh, interest in bringing the best people into this field and, and convert everybody. So, I'm, I think I'm a pretty accessible person.
1: Right. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners?
0: Um, Well, I think everybody should be conscious of the impact they have on on society and on our planet. Be it through uh, our pension funds, through how we manage ourselves, through how we consume, what we eat, where we work, how we travel, be aware of other people's needs. Um, just try to be generous about it and, and you know look at people with, with love in a way. And, um, and each individual, each person can do something and altogether, that's going to be huge. So I, I would say, never say, oh, what can I do? I'm just one person. Like always just think that what you do matters because it does and um, stand up for what you believe in and make sure that um, you inspire as many people as possible to be be doing that. Uh, At the end of the day, we need to team up all together to make a change and each one of us will have an influence on that. So so big and small. Uh, And if you're just in the beginning of your career, think about how you blend your values and what's important to you with the work that you're going to be doing. I would say this is most
1: important lovely that's a fantastic point to end on it's been amazing to hear about what you're doing and how you're blending impact and tech and all the plans you have to change the world of investment so thank you very much for coming on
0: thank you very much and thank you for the work you're doing and spreading the word it's really so so important so thank you very much for this uh, opportunity for me
1: you've been listening to the make an impact podcast with me heidi fisher If you've enjoyed the podcast, why not leave a review or rating? And if you'd like to be on the show, then please get in touch on my my website, makeanimpactcic.co.uk. Thank you for listening.